Unbound Theatre presents The Chronicles of Professor Cronomier, Goddess of Victory Written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson Chapter 14 The Broken In the midst of the morning, Boudicca's army was on the move. The camp was fast disappearing as the Iceni prepared to march for their final confrontation with the Romans. Boudicca and Madeline stood surveying the operation, but Madeline was restless. Something was pulling at her, summoning her away. She was determined to answer the call, but she needed to be alone. Go! she said grandly to Boudicca. Ensure the weaponry is ready for battle. Victory cannot be risked with the bluntness of a sword. As you command, goddess, Boudicca bowed and strode forth to issue orders to her men. Madeline waited until she was out of sight and then followed the curious vibrations in the air that buzzed around her. As she headed away, she caught a glimpse of two young girls watching her from behind one of the carts. Narrowing her eyes, she felt the familiar warm glow of silver energy form in her mind, and visions leapt before her eyes. She beheld the girls' history, saw them born to the warrior queen and raised as noble princesses, saw them dragged screaming at the hands of the Roman army and the tears that followed. And then she saw the professor, laying beside them under the night sky, the way she had with Madeline. Then the professor was gone, the Romans returned, and the wheel of history rolled on, until the girls were but a memory, and the visions in her mind cleared. Run along, Eowyn! Run, Mildretha! Madeline called. The girls recoiled at the stranger knowing their names. Madeline laughed to herself. <laughs> Run! History awaits! The children dashed away. The disturbances in the air led Madeline to the edge of the camp. Then there it was, standing amongst the towers of weaponry and supplies the army had readied for itself. The ship. A thrill rose from her stomach at seeing the craft she had worked on for so long finally completed, but the elation soon cowered under a seething resentment. It had been her right to pilot the ship, her just reward for her intellect and determination. It had been ripped from her, and the woman responsible had taken the prize as her own. Slowly Madeline approached the ship, she felt a tingling sensation in her fingers, as though the vibrations in the air were seeping into her skin. Stepping up onto the marble platform, she tentatively reached for one of the controls. Her fingers buzzed, and she saw light beginning to burn in the pattern of her fingerprints. It was leaking out between the pores of her skin and moving through the air towards the ship. She tried to pull her hand away, but the burning intensified. Lines of silver light crawled up her arm and began to form on her other hand. She could feel it overtaking her body, gouging her and draining her energy into the machine. The controls began to activate, and the dormant mechanisms whirled into life. It was alive again, but it was taking her life to restore its own. 
The pain reached a crescendo as she struggled to move away, and in one final explosion of energy she was propelled from the ship onto the ground. The glassware continued to bubble and boil, and the ethereal hum reverberated up and down the brass pillars. Madeline held her hands up to her face. They were still lined with silver threads, pulsing with energy. She felt weak, and the effect was worsening. It seems the old girl is back to full strength. Madeline closed her eyes in pain at the familiar chirpy tone. The professor strode into view, marvelling at the revitalised ship, before approaching her stricken friend. Alas, dear heart, the same cannot be said for you. Her joviality dissipated to concern. She took another step forward. Let me help you. Madeline recoiled and held out a threatening hand riddled with silver light. Don't you touch me. I'm beyond your pity. Save it for darling Jane Austen. Shock crossed the professor's face. Madeline grinned at her upper hand and then finally became aware that the professor was not alone. How does she know about Jane? Astrid frowned. How could you know? breathed the professor. Madeline, her hand still raised in warning, clicked her fingers. In an instant the Iceni camp was gone, and they were once again far into the future, in a city park full of happy pedestrians. Another snap, and the gleaming towers of glass returned. One more, and they were back in the camp. I can move through time without a ship, Madeline growled. Her breathing was heavy. The demonstration had cost her too much energy. Days, weeks, months. Centuries, and nothing but the flecks of a finger away. How? asked the professor. It's impossible. Madeline laughed. <laughs> oh, I never thought I'd hear you say that. Such a closed mind these days. You really are getting old. What happened to you? the professor urged, ignoring the taunt. After you abandoned me, Madeline countered with a raised eyebrow. It was an accident, the professor said as calmly as she could. Neither of us could have known. One of us could have stopped it, Madeline spat. And silence lingered for a moment. You could have dragged me out of the ship. The energy transference would simply have latched on to me as well, the professor replied. These were well-worn words she had used to reason with herself in the long years following the catastrophe. And then where would we be? Together, Madeline said quietly. We would have faced this together. I tried to save you. I was cutting the power to the ship when you... When you... Still haven't worked it out, Madeline taunted. Still a mystery to you. Where did you go? asked the professor. It took me to the Time River, Madeline recalled bitterly. The temporal currents washed over me and through me and... And then I drowned. How did you survive? asked Astrid. Madeline threw her a look of disgust and addressed the answer to the professor. I washed up on the shores of some desolate backwater of time, and then I saw it shifting all around me, flitting from one age to the next. It took me a while, but I fathomed it was somehow my doing, an unconscious act, albeit one I learned to control. But I was weak. I was... I was broken. The professor looked at the silver markings on Madeline's hands. They were forming at the bottom of her neck now, slowly reaching towards her face. Time flowed through you, and now it's flowing out, she theorised. 
I refused to be an empty vessel, Madeline sneered, so I had to replace the time I'd lost. The days to come, Astrid whispered. That's what you took from them. All the days they were meant to live. All the time they didn't get to spend. You took that from Gaius! She leapt at the ailing murderess, but the professor held her back. Is she right? the professor demanded. The silence confirmed it. How many? she asked, fearing she knew the answer. How many? Over the years, how many? How long have you lived? This is not life! screamed Madeline, and the silver cracks in her skin throbbed. This is just survival! For how much longer? wondered the professor. You're trying to fill a cracked glass, and the damage is only getting worse. But we can work together. We can find a way to... Why didn't you find me? Madeline cried. When the ship was ready, why didn't you come for me? I searched, the professor answered, her voice rising as though pleading to be believed. I have travelled the length of the river looking for you. I have seen the span of history itself. Searched every record, every library, every scrap of data I could find trying to see your face there. But there was nothing. Only a void where you ought to have been. But she's seen us, hissed Astrid. She knows about Jane. She glared at Madeline. Why didn't you come find her? No age of history would abide my presence, Madeline recounted. I could stay long enough to feed myself, but then... She dragged a foot along the ground and cracks in the earth began to form, as Astrid had witnessed before. Time knew I was a stranger, so it threw me back into the river where I was nothing. Every time I tried to anchor myself, it rejected me. But here, something's different here. Time was broken in this age before I set foot here. Why? asked the professor. What's happened? Or what will happen? Madeline grinned malevolently. Anger flushed her face again. Oh, but I saw you. I couldn't make contact. The river kept me from you. But I saw you. Dancing through time itself with Shakespeare and Austin and Wilde. Priding yourself on saving them. I can save you, the professor whispered. You're too late, Madeline said simply, raising her hand once more. You can't drag me back from hell. And you can't save them either. The last remark brought a frown to the professor's face. Madeline smiled sadly and clicked her fingers. The camp disappeared. The landscape had transformed. They were moving in space as well as time now. A roar of sound washed over them, punctuated by clashing metal and the piercing of flesh. A war was raging. The final battle between the Iceni and the Romans. The professor finally let go of Astrid, who was too stunned to move away. Madeline surveyed the carnage around them, and then held both arms out beside her. She caught two soldiers, one Roman, one Iceni, who froze at her touch. Their skin cracked, and silver light poured out, overwhelming them. For a moment they were subsumed by the ghostly form Astrid had seen Gaius reduced to, and then they drained into Madeline's fingertips. The cracks lining her skin shrank slightly. I thought we'd skip to the good bit, she smiled. It's the day of victory. The day of the goddess. She snapped her fingers and disappeared.
The Chronicles of Professor Chronomier, Goddess of Victory, an Unbound Theatre production written by Dario Knight and performed by Erica Sanderson with music by Kevin MacLeod. Thank you.